Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And hey, flying solo for this episode. Cousin Shane, still in the process of moving, still out there walking. He was actually the one that came up with our show idea. So hey, he's he's contributing how he can. But uh, Cousin Shane, probably going to be MIA for the next couple of days. Hopefully, I can get him on once this week. We'll see if we can make that happen. But as you're listening to this, we are 95 days away from the first fall SEC Saturday of action. So football right around the corner. We got the SEC spring meetings kicking off today in Destin on Tuesday here. And man, do we got news and notes around the SEC. So uh, let's just get right into the show. But before we get rolling with the SEC content, I know there's a lot of uh, active and former military that listen to the show, so I just want to give a shout-out to all those uh, men and women that have served in the military. I hope everybody had a, a great Memorial Day, long three-day weekend, but uh, at the same time, you got to remember why we have that, and it's not just an excuse to drink some beers and, and grill out like I know so many of us do, but you got to honor the, the men and women that uh, have sacrificed for all of us, so got to start with that, but I just thought that should be said before we get things rolling here. But, you know, Shane, I hope you guys have been following him there with his big orange walks. If you're not already, this man is really putting in that work, trying to get in shape for the upcoming college football season and for the upcoming SEC media days that we're, fingers crossed, we'll be down there on location. Uh, But if you missed it, on one of his most recent videos, he went back to 2007 season when Vanderbilt upset Number six, South Carolina. That's incredible to to just say out loud. But I didn't. I don't say that to dismiss the Gamecocks. I say that because I went on a little deep dive myself. So I'm going to throw this up on the YouTube page. I tweeted this out over the weekend. Got a ton of buzz. But how about this uh, 07 season here? I mean, I if you're if you've been following college football as long as we have, LSU won the national championship that season. Had two losses, yet they still managed to win the national championship, the BCS title as it was called back in. And what was Les Miles' famous line? We never lost in regulation because the two losses that year, I want to say Ole Miss and Kentucky knocked off LSU, the national champions that year, but such a wild year. BCS standings on October 14th, Ohio State was number one. Now, that's not a surprise. They were preseason number 11. But how about this? South Florida, number two. Boston College, number three. Neither one of those teams was ranked in the preseason. There's LSU at four. Of course, that went on to win the national championship. Oklahoma, five. South Carolina, six. Kentucky, seven. My word. What a time that was to be a big blue fan. Arizona State, number eight. What? West Virginia, nine. And Oregon, ten. And again, six of those teams in the top 10 were not even ranked during the preseason. So that was a wild time, just a little trip down memory lane. And hopefully we're getting into something like that once again this upcoming season. Don't let everyone tell you that, you know, there's only two or three teams that can win the SEC, that can win the national title. Have some faith, like I know all of you do listening here on May 31st to a college football SEC podcast and with that in mind like i said less than 100 days 
little over 90 to the first Saturday in the SEC, and we have officially got the broadcast and kickoff information for the first three weeks of the season. So I wanted to start right there. Let's throw it up on the screen. We got a week zero game, so Cousin Shane on his big orange walks, he's counting down to you, Vanderbilt at Hawaii. That's going to be a week zero game, Saturday, August 27th, 9.30 Central. Goodness, 10.30 Eastern. You really got to be an SEC fanatic to stay up to 10.30 on the East Coast to watch Vanderbilt, Hawaii. But, hey, I'll be doing it here at 9.30 in Nashville. And then, of course, the you know that the action gets heated the following week. Thursday, Missouri and Tennessee both kicking off their seasons. Ball State at Tennessee, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on SEC Network. Louisiana Tech at Missouri 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central on ESPNU. Now, all those games I mentioned, we already knew all that information. Now, here's the real ones that they just revealed since we've last had a show here. Saturday, September 3rd. Ooh, we got so many games kicking off here. Sam Houston at Texas A&M, 11 o'clock Central on the SEC Network. That'll be the first SEC Network Saturday game. Cannot wait. And how about this one on ESPN, Cincinnati at Arkansas, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, nationally televised, Sam Pittman, and then Arkansas Razorbacks, nationally televised. Again, we can't give them a night game for some unknown reason, but uh, that is going to be what a hell of a matchup. Oregon versus Georgia, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ABC. So the defending national champions going to face Oregon Ducks, a team many people have winning the Pac-12 with Bo Nix and Dan Lanning. How about that little SEC flavor to them Oregon Ducks? Maybe they'll finally win something with some SEC flavor on that team. Troy at Ole Miss, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central on SEC Network. Mercer at Auburn, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central, ESPN and SEC Network Plus. Utah at Florida, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central, ESPN, nationally televised game for what could be the best game of the opening weekend, college football. Billy Napier's first game as a Florida Gators coach against Utah. Again, another popular pick. There's Utah, there's Oregon, and there's Southern Cal. Those are the three favorites to win the Pac-12. So we're going to find out real quick about uh, the Pac-12, if they're going to be legitimate or not. And I'll guarantee you they, they won't be. <laughs> Miami of Ohio at Kentucky, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN and SEC Network Plus. Elon at Vanderbilt, 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern, ESPN and SEC Network Plus. Utah State at Alabama, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern on SEC Network, the defending SEC champs. Memphis at Mississippi State, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on ESPNU. Georgia State at South Carolina, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, ESPN+. Plus. Ooh, boy. So that's our Saturday in the SEC. And, of course, don't forget the following day, you know, there will be no NFL on at this point, so Sunday's clear for college football to Saturday, Sunday, September 4th, Florida State, LSU, under the lights, ABC, 730 Eastern, 630 Central 
on ABC once again, nationally televised. Start to the Brian Kelly era down there in Baton Rouge playing that game in New Orleans. So that should be one hell of a matchup there that we got cooking here on Sunday. Well, I don't know about uh, any of y'all, but man, I cannot wait for these week one games. But again, we ain't done yet. We got week two also announced. And whoo boy, we got some big time matchups here. Week two, Saturday, September 10th. Now here going into week two, they're all on Saturday. We're not mixing and mashing. No Thursday games, no Sunday games, none of that. And of course, already announced Alabama at Texas, noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central, nationally televised by Fox. So that's going to be a hell of a game there. Well, not really. It'll be an anticipated game. I don't know how much of a game it'll actually be, but it'll be fun to see Texas get their teeth kicked in. As always, the Crimson Tide are going to be up for that matchup, no doubt, going into Austin. Now, here's where uh, we got some, the rest of these games just announced here late last week. This is uh, the one I'll be looking forward to the most, South Carolina at Arkansas, noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central on ESPN, nationally televised right after college game day. And the only thing is, again, Arkansas, what in the world? Why can we not get them in a prime time slot for, again, my opinion, this is going to be the biggest game of the weekend. I know some people got Kentucky-Florida scheduled, circled as that game. Not knocking that one. That's got, you know, right there with it. But to me, I, this is bad, bad job here by ESPN. ESPN 2, though, they got Missouri at Kansas State. So that'll be an interest, interesting one. Noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. The Mizzou Tigers, two nationally televised games right off the bat. Gotta love that if you're drinking with some company. Wake Forest at Vandy. Tricky game here on SEC Network. Noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. Need some Vanderbilt fans to show up and support the team here. How about this one? Tennessee at Pitt, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ABC. Ooh, boy. Will that be a revenge game? Josh Heupel and company better be if uh, you want to keep that fan base happy after losing at home against Pitt last season. Appalachian State at Texas A&M, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ESPN2. So the, the Maggies on nationally Televised for the first time uh, week two of the season. Sanford at Georgia, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central on SEC Network. Now, here's another. This is going to be a big one, no doubt. Kentucky at Florida, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN. That very well could dictate what type of season both these teams have. You know, you're not going to be eliminated by week two, but. There's always these games early in the season that, that can kind of be a tall tale sign of what your season's going to be like. And the perfect example, you know, it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but last year we had circled Missouri at Kentucky, week two of the season. The team that would go on to win, Kentucky, of course, 10-win season. Missouri, very disappointing season. Now, if was not just that one game, but these early games in college football mean so much to momentum heading into the start of conference play. Kentucky, a lot on the line. Can you go into Gainesville and get that elusive win? You've done it before. Florida, you're expecting Billy Napier to snap these 
damn losing skits to Kentucky Wildcats. Can he get that done? Year one, we'll learn a lot about both these teams here. Week two, Saturday, September 10th. How about this one? Central Arkansas at Ole Miss, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN+. Plus. San Jose at Auburn, <laughs> 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on ESPNU. Southern, don't even know where that is. I think that's in Louisiana. At LSU, sacrifice down there in, in Death Valley, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on the SEC Network. And how about this? I don't, not a big fan, but Mississippi State playing on Fox Sports 1, whatever the hell that is, at Arizona. <laughs> so the Pac-12, you know, they get themselves a little game here. 10 o'clock Central. Good God. 11 o'clock Eastern. Good luck. East Coast people trying to watch Mississippi State Bulldogs in uh, week two after uh, traveling all the way out to Arizona. So that's going to be a big game for Mike Leach and company. You can't, these are the games you can't you can't be losing to Arizona if you want to compete in the SEC West. Let's just call it what it is. But that's a tricky game going out there to Tucson. It'd be interesting to see uh, how many Bulldogs show up with their them damn cowbells there. And those those bells are really annoying, by the way. So and they they don't they don't even come close to following the rules. So whatever rule that is that they're supposed to stop, they don't. But you should be uh, returning to Starkville with a two and zero record, based on uh, Memphis and Arizona right out the gate. And then finally, week three again. All these are Saturday games. Saturday, September seventeenth, Youngstown at Kentucky. It's going to be a, a noon Eastern, eleven o'clock Central SEC Network. Abilene Christian at Missouri. That's another noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central on ESPN+. Plus. Georgia at South Carolina. Them Bulldogs already got this one circled, thanks to me. 11 o'clock Central, noon Eastern on ESPN. So right after college game. A lot of, a lot of ESPN action for uh, the SEC right after college game day. So you know, I, I like that. Got to give show respect to the nation's best conference here. And then, uh, of course, this was already announced, but Penn State, at Auburn, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on CBS. So really the first, you know, we can't really call that SEC on CBS, but maybe that's, maybe that's what they're going to be calling this thing. With Penn State traveling down to Auburn, that should be one hell of a matchup. Ole Miss at Georgia Tech, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ABC. Vandy at Northern Illinois, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on CBS Sports Network, whatever the hell that is. Uh, UL Monroe, oh, at Alabama, they've beaten Nick Saban before. <laughs> it's true, look it up. 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central on SEC Network. They'll probably lose this one by 100, though. Uh, Mississippi State at LSU. Now, this is another one. Going back to uh, what I said about Florida, Kentucky. This is a, There's always these early season SEC West games that really seem to determine how the season is going to go one way or another for a lot of these teams. And circle this one, week three, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 Central. That's a weird time. On ESPN, Mississippi State at LSU, both these teams need this one desperately if they are going to contend for the SEC West title. So cannot wait. Bobby Petrino. Rolling in on his motorcycle to Arkansas, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central, ESPN+. Plus. What? How's this? you got to have that weird package to have this damn game. But uh, the Razorbacks will not be kind to old Bobby Petrino, I'll tell you that. Akron at Tennessee, 
7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central, ESPN Plus, South Florida at Florida, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern on SEC Network. And, ooh, doggy, do we got us a night game here. You know, this is one A&M can't overlook. Better have his quarterback situation resolved by uh, Saturday, September 17th, because Miami is coming to town to College Station at Texas A&M, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central on ESPN, nationally televised. My word, I'm getting fired up just thinking about these games. I don't know about the rest of you, but <laughs> they had some great, great action coming our way again less than a hundred days from the start of the upcoming college football season you know it's close when we got these tv schedules and the kickoff information all that's coming our way the rest of the season of course they'll determine that week by week uh, as we get into the season but we got the first three weeks all lined up we got months and months to talk about them but (laughs) Cannot wait to uh, break these games down in further detail, but I just wanted to bring your attention all the TV coverage kickoff information while we get it. Now, before we get rolling to uh, what I really wanted to talk about on this episode of the show, we got to kick it down to Kentucky real quick where we've got some trouble brewing down there in Lexington. All right, so the word out of Lexington here, Chris Rodriguez, All-SEC, potentially All-American running back who's on pace to shatter the all-time Kentucky rushing record. Status up in the air. I've been trying to reach out to people. Can I get a definitive word one way or another? Chris Rodriguez may not be on the team. And apparently this has got nothing to do with uh, – he recently got in trouble, missed his court date. There was some, you know, they're blaming it on the lawyers and all this. This is not even related to that, apparently. So, man, I don't exactly know what is going on up there in Lexington with Chris Rodriguez. I'm going to try to reach out to a guest maybe to have him on the show break down the situation for us. But uh, here's what uh, Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio, recently wrote. Uh, actually, this comes from Matt Jones. Should Rodriguez stay on the team, a suspension would be almost certain, and it's likely to keep him out of the Week 2 matchup against the Florida Gators. So, man, things are trending poorly here for Chris Rodriguez in a Kentucky uniform. And again, going back to what I said already, I mean, that game in Gainesville, such a pivotal game for Kentucky you have to beat if you're going to contend with Georgia. You got to be able to get teams like Florida and Tennessee. Unfortunately for the Kentucky Wildcats, both those games on the road. But that's why you need, you know, your stud running back here to to carry you in games like this. And he may not be around, so we'll continue to monitor the situation. And then it gets even worse because the transfer from Alabama they were counting on, Javon Baker. No longer going to be a a part of the team for the upcoming season. Now, Baker was not there for spring. So, you know, this is kind of a weird situation where you can't really say this is a a subtraction because he was never really added on to the team. But he had 
you know, previously announced that uh, he was transferring to Kentucky. We'll throw up some Instagram tweets and so, some Instagram messages uh, Baker had over the weekend. It certainly seemed like this, you know, he got kind of got blindsided here. He expected to be a Wildcat. Uh, I'm not really sure what the hell's going on here, but, you know, this is a top 100 prospect, a guy that went down to, to Alabama, and, you know, there was high hopes for him. In this offense this season, now they ain't got them. And, and of course, Kentucky's, they lost Wandale Robinson and Josh Ali. Their one-two punch on the outside. They lost their tight end, Justin Rigg. I mean, they, this is troubling, particularly if you compound it with Chris Rodriguez. Uh, you know, all this hype for Will Levis, who in the hell is he going to get the ball to? Now, I know they got uh, Tavion Robinson, saw him in the spring game, the Virginia Tech transfer. He looks legit. He looks like he's going to be their go-to receiver, but... You can't just do it with one guy. And they do have some talented players like uh, true freshman Dane Key, redshirt freshman uh, Dekel Crowdis. But, again, Kentucky, you're not trying to go 8-4, and 9-3 and three anymore. You're, you're trying to break through and win the East. And you cannot do that, in my opinion, relying on true freshman receivers unless, uh, you know, maybe you're Alabama or Georgia and you're bringing in the number one receiver and they're – surrounded by guys that have been standouts in the SEC for two or three years. This just – it doesn't work that way. You can't bring in true freshmen, particularly the style of offense Kentucky's running, pro-style, play-action-based system. It's very difficult for true freshmen to come in there and star at the SEC level right out the gate. So, man, this is some troubling, troubling news. I don't want to overreact to it, but this definitely has got to give you a hesitation. If you were thinking this could be the year that Kentucky could possibly win the SEC East, this is this isn't a death knell by any means. I mean, they we've got some backups: Cavassier, Smoke, uh, McLean there at running back. We got some good players at running back. We've got some promising talent at receiver, but I don't know. I mean, these are two positions that uh, you know they really needed to break through this year, and if. I don't know. We're, we're months away from the season. We're already getting we're already getting dinged here at uh, particularly at the receiver position, which I, is just paramount that they need players to emerge. It ain't looking good right now there in Lexington. Now the big topic I wanted to talk about on this episode of the show credit the Tennessee Homer cousin Shane. This was all his idea, but uh, I over the weekend if you're following us on social media, I hope you are already. We've been sharing. SEC schedules, each team's individual schedule, asking the fans to vote what you predict each team's record to be in the fall. We're going to do the SEC East on this episode, and I've highlighted some of the best reactions. Uh, we'll get to the SEC West on the next episode, but let's start with the first graphic with the schedule. We'll throw it up here on the screen. Georgia, the defending national champions, and here... Simple question I asked on each of these, didn't change them at all. What will this team's record be by the end of the regular season? And I was a little bit surprised here. Georgia, I guess not too surprised, but 12-0 undefeated was the heavy favorite. And I'm not even talking by a little bit, by a magnitude of four, four times more undefeated 12-0 predictions then 11 and 1 that was the second highest prediction with 10 and 2 being a distant distant third prediction for the Georgia Bulldogs so 
Again, maybe I'm not surprised them Georgia Bulldogs are just high on their horse right now after winning the national championship. But, you know, if I look at this, I, I know you got a basic different team, different schedule. But if last year's Georgia team with that all-world defense, maybe the best defense we've ever seen in college football, couldn't go undefeated. Of course, hell, I guess maybe that's not fair because they did go undefeated in the regular season. But so confident. I mean, hell, I got a lot of 15-0 predictions for this Georgia team. I'm not ready to go that far. Again, I'll echo what I've been saying for months. They're the team to beat in the East. You'd be foolish to suggest otherwise. But I guess I'm just surprised four times as many votes for undefeated than anything else because we got so many other SEC fans. It's not just Georgia fans giving out this opinion. It's of fans of, of all SEC fan bases. And uh, we even had uh, – one guy in particular, he said 0-12. Oh, that guy was uh, drunker as hell. But let's start with some of the, my favorite responses here. Bowl Fiesta. He picked Stanford to come into Athens and give Georgia a good game. Only problem, Stanford's not on the schedule. Stanford is, but not Stanford. So way to go. You're reading comprehension, Bowl Fiesta. And that was something I also noticed. I want to make a note of that. When I threw these out there, reading comprehension, not a strong suit of a lot of people out there. Ron Elite Natty Dog, he's got Georgia going 11-0, which that's a problem because there's 12 games on the damn schedule here. So I don't know which one is not going to show up. Maybe Vandy's not going to show up once again. Maybe he's making a joke there. Swaliski, seriously, post the real schedule. That was a that was a common comment. Uh, Georgia, a lot of SEC fans envious of Georgia's schedule this season. I try to give the drunkest responses here. Jeff, 2001, got to assume a South Carolina fan. 0-12, he predicts Georgia to go. And he did that at uh, 10.05 a.m. So, uh, Jeff, maybe, you know, don't start drinking until at least noon. Because 0-12, no chance in hell that happens for the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, next on the docket, Tennessee. I was very curious to see where all these would go. Of course, the, the Tennessee homer. He's got them going 12-0, and 0, but uh, <laughs> nothing wrong on this show with being optimistic about your chances. But, hey, I got to hand it to you, SEC fans, Tennessee fans, very realistic expectations for Tennessee this season. The winner by a wide margin, Tennessee, what will their record be by the end of the regular season? 9-3 and three was the most popular answer there, so it would still be a big jump up. For Josh Heupel and company to go to a nine-win season, potentially ten, with if you win your bowl game, ten and two was uh, the second most popular, and that there, there's a drop off between nine and three and ten and two of nearly twenty votes, and nearly twenty votes down from eight and four. So that was the third most popular. So I just thought it was interesting. A lot more people confident in a double-digit winning season for Tennessee, so much more likely to win ten games than eight according to the results of this poll i thought that was pretty interesting 12 and 0 got a couple of votes that was the fourth most popular and how about this so more people voted tennessee to go 12 and 0 than voted tennessee to go seven and five which is what they were last year so hey if you're a tennessee fan you got to be pretty damn fired up for that and i know one guy is kevin valone realistically speaking it's hard for me not to say 12 and 0, and old Will Kirkpatrick. I thought this was great. Hard to ignore the realistic chance 
I'll go with 15 and 0. <laughs> but the hey, maybe this may have been the best response to any of these polls. Matt Tahoe, he he predicts Tennessee to go 10 and 2, and he had a picture of that famous Tennessee fan smiling as Tennessee had four turnovers against Ole Miss. Happy days for this fabulous bastard, according to Matt Tahoe. So I, I love that response. Again, that was probably the best one of uh, all 14 SEC schedules we posted out there. Uh, Matt Tahoe, you you won for the best uh, response to any of these. And how about Kurz Light here? I wonder if he's related to Coors Light. He predicted Tennessee to go 0-13, which is impossible considering they're only playing 12 games. So they're going to lose one twice, according to old Kurz Light. I thought that was pretty funny. But next, Kentucky. We already talked about Kentucky. What will their record be at the end of the regular season? Again, similar to Tennessee. The winner, 9-3, and three, which I think Kentucky fans would take at. You know, they got high hopes for the season, but 9-3, and three, and by only one vote, edged out 8-4. and four. So 9-3, and 8-4, but 8-4 and four, edged out 10-2. and two. By one vote. So those were the three most popular for Kentucky Wildcats. So what a time to be alive if you're part of Big Blue Nation. Nine and three, eight and four, ten and two. But the vast majority of votes coming in for your team, eight, nine, ten wins. My God, imagine saying that the day Mark Stoops got hired. The expectations are through the roof there in Lexington. Gotta love that. And how about this? I thought this was interesting too, though. 11 and 1 or 7 and 5 got the same amount of votes. So I don't know exactly what that says about uh, you know fans voting in this poll, but you know kind of basically to me says all the breaks could go your way, you get to 11 win season or a couple things could fall the other way in 7 and 5. I mean, you got about the equal confidence of the SEC, but the next highest 12 and 0 Got over double-digit responses. So, hey, there's a lot of Kentucky fans out there that uh, you know they think 10 wins ain't good enough. I mean, so who knows? This could be the year. And I wanted to shout out this guy, Wildcat's Tongue. He posted a picture of Will Levis' bicep to about a dozen haters of the Kentucky Wildcats. So way to keep it original there. But uh, <laughs> the number one response to Kentucky's Record prediction probably wasn't even people predicting the the record for the Kentucky Wildcats. It was mostly Tennessee fans commenting on how weak the non-conference schedule is for the Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> I got no problem with it. You keep racking up your non-conference wins. That's why uh, Mark Stoops keeps getting a contract extension. Uh, I'd be right there with him. Now, how about the Florida Gators? Next on the docket here. This, to me, this blew me away. This was probably the biggest surprise of any of these record predictions that we threw out there. Six and six was the most popular response for the Florida Gators. It's very hard for me to see Florida going six and six this season. But that just barely edged out eight and four by literally one vote. Seven and five tied with eight and four. So, you know, the majority of SEC fans are seeing eight, seven, six wins for the Florida Gators. That, I, I can kind of, you can sell me on that. You know, if, if disaster strikes, maybe maybe six and six. That certainly wouldn't be my prediction. But eight, seven, six, and eight, a seven or six win season certainly 
could be in the cards for the Florida Gators. But how about this? Five and seven was the fourth most likely pick here for the Florida Gators. And maybe a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, people commenting really right out the gate with uh, Utah, Kentucky, Tennessee, three of the first four games does not set up well for Billy Napier and company right out the gate unless they can pull some upsets here and defend the home turf of the swamp. But, uh, you know, I, I just thought that was fascinating. Six and six. I ain't buying that for the Florida Gators. But, uh, hey, this is the fan poll here, so I just thought I'd share that. And another one that surprised me, let's kick it on down to uh, South Carolina. Most popular response for Shane Beamer's second season, six and six. Ooh. And I, I really do think a lot of that has got to do with the schedule. The schedule is brutal for the South Carolina Gamecocks. But even more surprising, the second most given response, five and seven. South Carolina going to go backwards year two? I, I ain't buying that. I don't care how damn tough the schedule is. And it reminds me of Arkansas last year. All these haters were saying, well, there's no way in hell. Arkansas, you can go back and check it out. I believe Arkansas was picked dead last in the SEC West last season. So I ain't buying that, but it is interesting. You know, I'm just sharing you guys what the SEC consensus is of South Carolina. Six and six, most popular answer. Five and seven, the next popular, and then a big drop off here between seven and five. So there's hope. Eight and four was also uh, was the fourth most given response. Nine and three, the fifth most given response. But how, ten and two got double digit responses. So there is hope out there. So there are people out there that have high hopes for the South Carolina Gamecocks, but whew. Like my man Gamecocks Kyle here. He said 15 and 0. Just kidding. Realistically, 14 and 1. <laughs> I love again, I love the enthusiasm. I love the the belief in your in your program. You gotta have it this time of year. Now, Missouri, another interesting one here. Most popular response. Five and seven. Which, man, that's tough. I don't. I don't know how people are getting that, but five and seven, I, I got to believe Missouri is going to be better than that. Second most popular answer, four and eight, but only by one over seven and five, and six and six was right there as well. So, you know, basically what I'm reading off that, four, five, six, seven win season, that's where the vast majority of the SEC thinks Mizzou is going to lie. I certainly lean towards the latter, seven and five, six and six. I could certainly see that before I see four and eight, and even five and seven. I mean, it would be, it's it'd be tough, but you know, it wouldn't be stunning, I guess, if if Missouri was five and seven. But how about the fifth most popular answer? Eight and four. I think a lot of Missouri fans will be fired up to be eight and four this season. Ten and two, nine and three were the sixth and seventh most popular response. We've got some Mizzou diehards out there. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. Dave Bartu, his comment, Mizzou under five and a half is what he'd be betting on. That's interesting. I love this response by Trevor, though. 12 and 0 for Missouri, but could see. If someone wanted to argue that Georgia is a toss-up. <laughs> Again, I love, love, love the excitement and the expectations and the high standard that some of these fans got for their team. Vanderbilt, 
I put this one up there. I was hoping a lot of people would engage with it, and boy, did they, but they didn't do it the way I was hoping. They basically mocked the Vanderbilt Commodores, which I guess you could come to expect at this point in time. 2-10 was the most popular response given to the Vanderbilt Commodores. 3-9 was the second most popular, and unfortunately, 1-11, 0-12, the next most popular. 4-8. That was, uh, you know, that was the fifth most popular response. Five and seven was the sixth most popular. And then we got one guy, 11 and one for the Vanderbilt Commodores. But the most popular joke this was made basically time and time again. They have a shot versus Elon or one and 11. Vanderbilt will upset Elon. But <laughs> you got to win before... Uh, you know, you can swash these jokes. People are just going to be making them at your expense if you're the Vanderbilt Commodores uh, until further notice. You gotta, you just got to turn it around on the field before we can end these jokes. But, hey, I hope you guys appreciated that. And, again, like I said, we're going to throw out the SEC West on the next episode. Tons and tons and tons of, of uh, feedback on those graphics. So, Cousin Shane, I appreciate you for that idea. That was all Shane. So, He's contributing how he can right now with, with work, with moving, with walking. That guy's got a lot on his plate. But again, don't forget, we got the SEC spring meetings all week. So we should have tons of news and notes across the SEC. Hopefully, some big news comes out of Destin. Uh, I may even try to reach out to a couple of people that are down there on location to give us some intel from the event. So stay with us. This should be a loaded week of shows on the podcast but i do appreciate each and every one of you as always for hanging out and we will catch you on the next one